We're starting off with the devil's juice, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Something Ominous. This is your host, Jessica. And I'm Karina. And this is episode 15. We're back together. We're back. I'm back. We had to get some wine in our system. I know. I'm like, feel- we need a pick me up. Yeah, she's like, we need to pick me up. But she's looking at me and I'm like, what does she mean? Weed? What does she mean? Because weed yeah. is not a pick me up. I wasn't thinking of alcohol. Really? You're yeah. like, oh, uh, like pull you... up some gummies. Yeah, I was like, do you want gummies? Because last time I had gummies, it was a bad trip. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. I feel like I needed a good break. And we had already had a break, but it wasn't really a break. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I feel a lot better. Good. And everything's better. So we are back. God, I can't believe episode 15. I know. Oh, my God. It's going by fast. Okay, so I have a really good one today. I'm excited about this one. But who's going first? Uh, you can go first. Okay. I can go first. I mean, you technically win. <laughs> first last time. So today I will be covering the alien abduction of Barney and Betty Hill. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. And you were you were talking last time like we need to do an alien something because we haven't covered any aliens, which we haven't. Um, but yeah, I'm going to cover this one. If you're a UFO believer and fanatic, you may have heard of them. Many report this as the first alien abduction since it is a first publicized incident. But of course, we don't know if it's happened before. Have you heard of them? Barney and Betty Hill? I have. You have? I have, yeah. You oh know I'm like all into this yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm I'm so into this. I believe in it. Yeah. I want to see <laughs> like, fucking... I want to get abducted. Yeah. Take me with you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but first let's talk about Barney and Betty Hill. Both Betty and Barney had been previously married and both had two children each. Betty and Barney were married in 1961. Their marriage was already uncommon in that particular time because they were an interracial couple. Barney was black and was a civil rights leader, and Betty was white and was a civil rights activist. They were married at a time where there was so much racial turmoil in the U.S., and they were also both members of the NWACP. So after 16 months that they got married, they decided they needed a break from their jobs and activities and went on a belated honeymoon to Montreal, Canada, and the Niagara Falls. On their way back to Portsmouth, New Hampshire is when shit got real. The day was September 9, 1961, and they were driving from a diner in Vermont to their home in New Hampshire and expected to get home around 2 to 3 a.m. As they were driving through the White Mountains on Route 3, they noticed a bright light in the sky that grew brighter each mile. At first, Betty thought, maybe it's a falling star, but the light moved in a way that they hadn't seen before. It would zigzag and move past the moon, then towards the mountains, and then back to where they were again. According to the book, The Interrupted Journey, the couple made a couple stops in picnic areas to take a look at the light and figure out what it was. Betty was growing more and more frustrated, feeling like Barney was brushing her off saying, it's a satellite or it's a plane or it's a commercial liner, not knowing that he was actually getting more and more scared of this unknown aircraft. Dude, imagine if you're driving and you see that shit coming near you, you'd be like, oh my God, me cago, me muero, trágame tierra. I know. And I feel like your mind first is like, it has to be a shooting star. No, it has to be a satellite. No, it has to be until you're seeing this shit like zigzag and follow you and get close and get farther. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Betty was like on full on panic mode. And I feel like Barney was internally panicking, but he's like, no, I'm going to keep making excuses. Yeah. So by the fourth or fifth stop, Betty finally said, Barney, I don't know why you're trying not to look at this. Stop the car and look at it. At this point, the light was a lot closer and seemed to be following them. Barney stops the car pretty much in the middle of the road. And remember, it's pretty late at night, so there's not that many cars. 
He takes the binoculars that they had with him and goes to the other side of the road to look directly at the aircraft. He describes it as looking like a large glowing pancake. It had a red light on each side. He said it was as big or bigger than a jet airliner, which is pretty much the size of an airplane. Barney then walked towards the field that was on the side of the road to get a closer look. In the meantime, Betty was in the car with their dog waiting for him and started to worry when she noticed that he had walked into the dark field and had lost sight of him. So Barney brought the binoculars back to his eyes, noticing there was no sound coming from this aircraft, even though it was so close. And now it was obviously heading towards them when what he saw changed everything. Through the binoculars, he clearly saw two rows of windows and about a dozen gray uniformed living beings standing behind it, staring directly at him. He could clearly see them moving behind the window. The craft began to descend, and then the two red lights on each side spread out further, and an extension lowered from under the craft, kind of like a ladder or a ramp was descending. Mm -hmm. It gave me a flashback to the movie E.T. Remember yeah. when they come to pick him up, but like a ladder pulls Comes out down. from the... Yeah, so that's yeah. exactly what I was picturing. At this moment, Barney runs as fast as he can back to the car. He throws the binoculars in and starts yelling that they're going to be captured. He tells Betty to look for the craft, but Betty looks out the window and even above the car, but it was all dark. She couldn't even see the stars. They kept driving and started hearing a loud rhythmic beep, similar to like the microwave beeps. It went beep, 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 and the car seemed to vibrate with it. They felt drowsiness and felt a haze come over them. Time passed. They're not sure exactly how long after when they started faintly hearing the beeps again. Beep, beep, beep as they started to wake up and gain consciousness. They realized they were still driving and were passing by Ashland, which is two hours from where they were. They got home, got out of the car. Barney unpacked their bags and Betty took their dog out for a walk. When Barney got inside the house, he felt weird. He felt dirty and clammy he also realized his shoes were scraped at the top and this was new since barney was very particular about his grooming and took care of his clothes and shoes betty's dress was torn and stained and they couldn't shake the feeling of the two hours that they had lost okay so i know you said they had their dog with them right mm -hmm. did the dog not alert because i know dogs are very good at picking up random shit so from what i read Mostly whenever they would do the where they would make the stops in the picnic areas, they would walk him on a leash. I know he would bark a lot. Um, so he was also feeling the uneasiness. Of course, they thought like, oh, he's nervous because I'm nervous or because we're arguing or whatever. But I feel like the dog was also picking up that there was something off. Yeah, they're so smart. They can sense they fucking sense spirits. They can yeah. sense aliens. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So for about two years after the incident, Betty struggled with nightmares about being captured. Barney also suffered from anxiety, so they looked for help. They saw several doctors until they finally sought help from Dr. Benjamin Simon, who was a psychiatrist and neurologist and specialized in hypnosis. After many sessions, the doctor put fragments together of their experiences. They were finally able to piece together what occurred that night. So, according to an article on History.com, this is what happened that night. A vessel landed on the couple's car that made them unconscious, which explains why they only saw darkness when Betty looked out the window. After that, they were taken into the spacecraft by gray beings. Once they got inside, the couple was separated into their own rooms where they were examined. During the examination, quote, the beings plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed on a clear material. 
Needles connected to long wires probe their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle, around four to six inches long, was inserted into Betty's belly. This pregnancy test left her twisting in pain. Throughout, a being Barney and Betty called the leader watched from the side. So they gave her a pregnancy test? Yeah. They gave her a pregnancy test. They put a needle through her belly button. Uh huh. So it's hard to put the whole hypnosis interview on here, but I really recommend listeners to go listen to it. I'm going to link it in the show notes, and I want to show you guys just a small clip of what she said her interaction was. And to explain a bit of what she's talking about, the gray beings finished the examination. There were two. It was the examiner and the leader in the room with her. Yeah. The doctor that was doing the hypnosis asked if the being spoke English. And she said the leader spoke English, but with a foreign accent that she hadn't heard before. What was interesting was what happened after they examined her. She didn't feel afraid and was asking the leader questions and even asked if she could take something back with her as proof that they exist. He pulled out a map to show her and this is a clip of their interaction. And he said, the, where are you on this map? And... I looked and I laughed and I said, I don't know. So he said, well then, if you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point of my telling you where I am. And he put the map, he, the, he the map rolled up and he put it back in the space in the wall and closed it. This is a recording of the hypnosis. Yes. Okay, that's why she sounds a little... <sighs> she sounds kind of dazed. Like. Yeah, she sounds like she's thinking. Mm -hmm. Like it's like she's reading her thoughts. Kind mm -hmm. of like when I'm lost of words and I'm yeah. trying to figure out what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, the whole hypnosis interview was like that. She's kind of like looking at herself, it almost seems. But I don't know. I just found their interaction so interesting because they were laughing and they were having just like a normal conversation, you know. Her and the alien. Her and the alien. Yeah. I mean, so, I do hear they're not mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, she says they weren't mean. Like she says that after he took out the the needle, which I think was the worst part about the examination, um, he even apologized and said, like, this is a pregnancy test. And she was like, well, we don't do pregnancy tests like that. And he's like, well, this is how, you know, like they don't know any different. Yeah. Um, their way is way different than our way. Yeah. And after that, he was really nice, even saying Barney will be here soon. They're almost done with him. And whenever she asked for proof, I think that he was going to let her take a book. And then he pulled out a map just to kind of show her this is where you are. And so that's the part that I was showing you guys. Yeah, it was pretty much like, if you don't know where you're at, what's the point of me telling you where I'm at or something like that, right? Yeah, like he's kind of like, like, yeah, like, what's you don't the know point? the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much like, what's the point? Like, here's of... a map. This is where you are. And it's like, I have no idea what yeah. I'm looking at. <laughs> so it wouldn't matter if he gave her something to remember because she wasn't going to remember. Yeah, yeah yeah so he pulled out the map and was like this is where you are like if you don't know where you are then how do you know where i'm at yeah the conversation was honestly not as scary as you would think when you're being abducted mm -hmm. 
There was even a funny moment when the examiner, so not the leader that was with her, the examiner and the other beings come in really excited and asked to check her teeth. So they were tugging at her teeth because Barney had dentures. So his teeth had came right off. So then they came and thought they had just <laughs> discovered something and they pulled out her teeth and they were like, wait, like what? <laughs> and she was laughing in the interview because she was like, it was just such a funny moment. And I'm like, I don't know. I just I thought that was pretty cool. Aliens are like, what the fuck are these people made yeah. out of? <laughs> like, are y'all OK? <laughs> so after Barney was done with the examination, they walked them back to the ramp to leave the spacecraft and onto their car. The most recent interview was in 1999. So Betty was around 80 years old and she said she had a great time. She even said, like, let me bring out Junior. And it was literally a statue of an alien, like of what she described the alien to be. And there was no fear in her at all. She said that she never refers to them as aliens, but as astronauts. And you can even hear in the hypnosis interview, she would say the man or the leader, the examiner. Like she never used the word aliens. Yeah. And as you can imagine, this news was huge. There had been stories about UFO encounters before their incident, but never an abduction or medical examination and being probed. The news picked it up. She was being interviewed by scientists and UFO enthusiasts. Their encounters would inspired us to think of aliens as gray with almond-shaped eyes. Oh. Yeah, there wasn't a description of them before. Yeah. But this is why it's so popular, too, because now we had a face to what aliens looked like. And that's what inspired all the movies, like E.T., mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. A few years later, author John G. Fuller wrote The Interrupted Journey in cooperation with Barney and Betty Hill. I do recommend this book if you want in detail what occurred from start to finish. Sadly, Barney Hill ended up passing away in 1969 of a brain hemorrhage. So really only about eight years after the incident. Betty Hill lived until the age of 85. She passed away in 2004 after being diagnosed with cancer. Betty stood by her story until her last day and even stated that she had been visited by being several times. Wow, that would have been badass if they would have cured her. I know, right? It's like you can do all these things. Like, can you? Yeah. So to conclude, I do want to show you this last clip of Betty leaving the spacecraft. I wouldn't even know where to meet him. Or, or. And he like, he said, don't worry. If we decide to come back, we'll be able to find you all right. But I said, but I don't live around here. I don't live in this area. And he said, we'll find you. And I said, how? How will you find me? Out of millions of people. And he said, we will. We always do find those we want to. We'll find you. We'll find you. That kind of sounded (laughs) like something that would come out in like a romantic novel. Right, like I'll come back for you. Yeah. I know. I wonder if she Loki had a crush on <laughs> Was this kind of what you had heard before about them being abducted after the honeymoon? Yeah, pretty much the same. I just don't um, remember hearing the hypnosis, mm-hmm. the audios and her saying that she wasn't scared. But yeah, pretty much like the same, the same thing. I know they say that after their report, a bunch of people came forward to talk about encounters that they've had and they just were too afraid. I don't know if you came across that during your research, but I know I've seen a few that um, they were too afraid to come forward and 
say what they saw because they were scared to be called crazy. So whenever they came forward, a lot of people came forward. And then from there on, they started reporting more interactions with aliens. That's why a lot of people don't believe anything after them or they question it a little bit more. Mm, because they were the first ones. And then after that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in her interview, the one in 1999 when she was around 80, they asked her, do you know about any more abductions? She was like, yeah, I know about 12 more people that have been abducted. It was just something that hadn't come out to the public yet. Yeah. And I think in this particular case, the hypnosis interview is what was huge. Yeah. Because she was like first person telling what happened in the examination and everything. When before, I mean, if if this interview hadn't happened, she would just be like, oh, like we lost two hours of time and don't know what happened. It was just a weird moment. Mm-hmm. I wonder how popular or how trusted hypnosis was back then. I'm not too familiar with it. Well, what she said that made this different was because the hypnosis was done by a psychiatrist and a neurologist. Like he was a psychiatrist and a neurologist. And he wasn't just like a, um, what are they called? Hypno, hyp- hypnotist or something like that. There's a name for like people that do hypnosis. Hypnotist or hypnotherapist. Yeah, that's what they're called. So they were actual licensed. Like he was a studied. doctor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So legit. Mm-hmm. He was credible. A good one. I have like so much. There's so many stories with aliens that I'm like, oh, I want to cover them all. The whole thing about different aliens in the world and there's some that are walking among amongst us. Wait, I haven't heard that one. Really? Hmm. Maybe that'll be my next one. Okay, it's my turn. <laughs> Why am I nervous? I don't know. Okay, so we've all heard a story or two about mirrors and one of the main ones is seven years of bad luck if you break a mirror right so today i'm going to talk about the many superstitions of mirrors and honestly like any reflective surface so it's not necessarily just mirrors it's just anything that reflects Ooh, that'll be interesting yeah so i was very curious like where did this seven years of bad luck come from the romans started manufacturing mirrors from polished metals and then later on using glass the greeks believed that your reflection on water revealed your soul the romans on the other hand believed their gods could observe souls through a mirror or a reflection by damaging a mirror it was considered to be disrespectful to the gods This in return compelled the gods to give you bad luck. Now, the Romans also believed that the body renewed itself every seven years. So after your seven-year renewal, your bad luck would go away. And that's where they believe the seven years of bad luck came from. From the Romans. Mm -hmm. Now, if you break a mirror, don't you worry. There is a way to reverse the curse. So you want to wait a couple of hours before picking up those broken pieces Once you pick them up, make sure you pick up every single little piece from the broken mirror. Don't leave those little itty bitty pieces around. Pick everything up and you're going to bury it outside at night. So you have to make sure that it's nighttime. The moon is out because you want to bury it under the moon. Another one is throwing salt over your left shoulder onto the devil himself. Oh, I've heard that one. I've heard the salt over your left shoulder. Yeah, it's the first time I hear that. Oh, really? Yeah, I never heard of that. I was like, why the devil? But apparently the devil is released. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it. I was like, whoa, there's so many superstitions (laughs) going on here. Which one do I believe? 
Um, another one is take a single piece of the mirror. And this one is supposed to be the immediate effect. So you grab that little piece of mirror that's broken. You go to a cemetery and you touch the tombstone of anyone in the cemetery. And it's going to immediately take away that effect of seven years of bad luck. Dude, hell no. That one's creepy. Exactly. And that would be the immediate one, right? Ancients believe that the soul had two reflections. So your first reflection being your shadow. The second reflection is what reflects in mirrors, windows, glass, or even water. These reflections reflect in the exact manner, so the way we see ourselves through the mirror. Ancients also believe that inside the mirror, there is another world where everything in front of the mirror is reversed. So a person who is nice in this world is evil inside the world of the mirror. Ancient Egypt used to practice spiritual purification rituals using mirrors. Because they believe that the mirror reflect the spirit of the person, they used a special technique where the person practicing this ritual would see their spiritual evolution. So if you were a sinner, their reflection was distorted through the mirror. It's kind of like blurry, ugly, mm -hmm. scary. They would go through a spiritual cleansing phase until they would only see themselves reflect in the mirror and no longer distorted, which is kind of scary. Okay, I want to do a little side note here. Do you remember when I got the Reiki massage? Yeah. Do you remember what I told you that I saw while I was falling asleep? Was it the bear the, on a bike or something like that? No, 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 <laughs> not that. It was scary. It like creeped me out. So I was getting a Reiki massage and I was finally dozing off because it was taking me such a long time because I was in so much pain. She was digging her mm -hmm. fingers and I was like, oh. But anyways, <laughs> she got to the part where she started... Um, When you get like a Reiki massage, it's the first time I ever had one. She does like a breathing, it was like a breathing blowing exercise. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's how it goes. That's, a, that's the first time I ever had one and that's how she did it. And I was starting to fall asleep. I'm dozing off and I'm in a room. The room is completely white. There is a gold mirror on the wall. Mm -hmm. I walk to the mirror and I look at myself. My reflection gives me a very evil menacing smile Ooh. and i wake up like fuck i open my eyes and i was like is that how i am inside like am i evil or something <sighs> and i don't know what it like i never figured out what it meant i asked her i was like hey this is what i saw while you were doing my reiki what does it mean and she's like i mean it doesn't mean that you're evil it's just there's something within you that you need to work on and i think it just has to do with like stress everything yeah. going on I thought of this and I was like, does that mean I'm evil? But it was like during a dream yeah. and I still can't, like, I don't know what that means. I don't know the message of that, but that was so scary when I was reading through the article and I read that, I was like, oh my God, wow, that is super so creepy. creepy. <laughs> I didn't tell you about no, it. No, you didn't tell me that part. You told me oh, the other one, the bear on the, the bear on the bike. Yeah. <laughs> Eating my ankles. <laughs> yeah. Just like the other weird stuff. But no, I you didn't like, tell me that one. I didn't, man. For a really long time, I was so scared. And I remember that when I would like look at myself in the mirror to put on my skincare or do my hair or whatever. Me daba cosa. Like you get that flashback of like, Yeah, I kept getting that vibe because it was such an evil smile. And I was like, oh, have I ever oh, smiled like oh, that? Like goodness. my eyes were like, it was just, I don't know. Uh -huh. The, mm, you know that movie Smile? The way they smile. It's a scary movie. I uh, probably haven't watched no? it. No, okay. So it's a movie, Smile. Mm -hmm. And the way they smile, that's literally how I smile through my reflection. It was the creepiest thing ever. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest one of all? 
We see the evil queen and Snow White ask the magic mirror this question every day to make sure that she's the prettiest. So many out there to this day use mirror magic like the evil queen. One very popular form of mirror magic is scrying. So scrying is a form of divination using a reflective or illuminated surface like mirror, water, or a window. What they pretty much do is stare into the mirror, for example, and wait for images to appear. Then they interpret these images to a message. You're able to see the past, present, and future. This is a form of divination very similar to using a crystal ball or a magic ball. Well-known astrologer, physician, and seer Nostradamus. Have you heard of him? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he used scrying to predict the future. He used a brass bowl of water and would gaze into the water in somewhat of a trance and the images of his predictions would appear. Through this illumination, Nostradamus gained insight of the future. He published his book called The Prophecies in 1555, where he mentioned his predictions. And some of his predictions were the French Revolution, Hitler, 9-11, and the coronavirus, to name a few. Damn. He also predicted when the world was going to end. We'll be dead by then, so don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Wait, when? At 37.92, I believe, or okay. something. Yeah, we're not going to be here. There's a lot. I feel like this dude needs his own episode. Yeah. he. It's, it was really interesting reading about him. So anyone can learn how to scribe. You and I can learn how to do it. If you trust your intuition and the messages that are given to you, then you'll be perfect. If you're curious and want to learn how to scribe, here are some steps. So first, you're going to choose your tool. is either going to be your mirror, a scrying bowl, or a pool of water. I know a lot of people also use like obsidian. Yeah. So I guess it's glossy enough to reflect. Yes. Anything okay. that reflects. Scrying can also be done with a log fire or candle flames. So smoke or tea leaves like Harry Potter. You're going to find a quiet place. You're going to light a candle, burn some incense and sit in an upright chair. Close your eyes and focus your breathing. Let go of the day and empty your mind. Focus on your gaze softly on your scrying tool. Remember, you have to remain open to whatever flashes of inspiration or moments of clarity show up. And you have to make sure that you really trust what you're sensing. You may get ideas from like solutions to a problem or even any lost items. So anything can come up. Kind of want to try it, but I'm not going to try I don't know why this feels like kind of dark magic. It does. It? it really okay. does. Yeah. Because you're looking into the future. Apparently, you can see so much. One thing that I want to throw in here, I read it actually in a witchy article, was that you have to make sure you cover your scrying tool once you're done. If you're using a mirror, you want to make sure that you have it covered after each session because you'll allow things to come out from the mirror or it can even trap things inside the mirror. Even if it's an obsidian plate, like anything that reflects that you're using, cover that shit up. I was on TikTok and... um. I was trying to see like how people used scrying and a lot of them were like had a whole altar with a reflective surface. It wasn't necessarily a mirror. So what they were doing is getting like a picture frame, removing the picture and spraying the glass in black and that would reflect. And then a lot of them did say they cover it at night. Whatever they use, they would make sure that they cover it. 
So this was all across every single TikTok that I watched. And then the articles, so I was like, okay, this is legit. Like, people do this because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about scrying. So I just want to make sure that it was legit. And yeah, a lot of people on TikTok, it's what they do. is witchy. Yeah, no, it feels very like dark, like another territory, you know? Like yeah. it sounds interesting, but I'm like, mm, I don't know what kind of line I'm crossing. So yeah, you can open portals, and if you don't, mm-hmm. if you're not safe with it, it, yeah. it can get really scary. That's what I mean. Like if you don't know how to close it right, or if you just do something wrong, like you yeah. could even placement. I I know I didn't put this in here, but there is a placement. Like if you're placing two mirrors facing each other, oh yeah, it can open up something. It can open up a portal. Or if there's like you know how you go to like a house of mirrors, mm-hmm. that shit is a portal on its own. Aren't like infinity mirrors too? Yeah. Like, you know, when you have a mirror in front of you and one behind you and it looks like an infinity mirror? Yeah. Like all of those open portals. So those are very dangerous too. This is also going to lead me to death and mirrors. Now, you know how we believe that when someone passes away, their soul is still roaming around until they find peace or until Mm -hmm. we're done burying them or the prayers. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, legend says that if a soul encounters a mirror before their body is buried, so like within three days of passing, their soul will be trapped in the mirror. They say that when this happens, it can cause the mirror to tarnish or even the image of the deceased will appear on the mirror. People have also claimed to see the faces of the dead that appear in an old antique mirror. And others believe that demons could escape through the mirror into the living So it's best for you to cover those mirrors when there is tragedy and death around to make sure that no soul gets trapped in the mirror and no demons are roaming around during death. Dude, that's so scary. You know, anytime that I watch like a scary movie or if I'm just like really scared, I have this thing where I'm like, you know how you do your skincare like in front of the mirror or whatever? Someone standing behind you? Yeah, yeah. But like when you're washing your face and you have to go down to the sink to wash it off and then you come back up. Yeah. Like that's like one of my biggest fears whenever I'm scared like that. To see the reflection. Yeah. Like honestly, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even close my eyes when I'm washing my face. Like I'll just like (laughs) clean around my eyes and then just like wet my hands and clean my eyes real quick. (laughs) (laughs) It is really scary. You know, um, I don't know if you remember how the shower is at my mom's house, but I remember that whenever I would take a shower and I was so scared. I mean, I used to love scary movies and Mm -hmm. I have my Mm -hmm. collection of scary movies. But there was a point where I started getting really scared because a lot of stuff started happening to me at the house that I could no longer watch scary movies. And if I did watch a scary movie, when I would get in the shower, I would get so scared because as soon as you open the curtain to get out of the shower, the mirror is right there. And I would get so scared that something would be standing right there (gasps) and then it gets all foggy and stuff. (sighs) That was my biggest fear. Like, yeah. fuck everything else. That used to scare me. Yeah, man, now that I think about it, because I haven't, I guess I haven't been to, a re- to your restroom in a long time, but I got that, like, image right now, too, when you open the curtains and mirrors. Like, and it's a big-ass mirror, too. Yeah, and it's just staring right back at you, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's scary. That's why we don't watch scary movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stopped watching them porque me espantaban en la casa. Okay, another well-known mirror myth is the one our family lives by. Well, at least I think you and I do. Or maybe it's just my mom and I. I don't know. <laughs> but do not sleep with the mirror facing your bed. Is that something you follow? Mm, no, no. Um, It's not something like my mom ever told us about, but it's something that I know of. So legend says that spirits from the other side will suck your soul through the mirror. You're laying down asleep, unprotected and unaware. This is their favorite time to attack you. 
You may also wake up very tired each night or have nightmares and can't figure out why. Apparently, the reason you're having these nightmares and you wake up tired, it's because the other side from the mirror is fighting your soul as you sleep. So you're really not getting any rest. You may want to start covering those mirrors. If not, move it where it's no longer facing the bed. Do you remember the bed? Because my mom still has like an old 1990s bed, like one of the old ones Mm -hmm. that had the mirror on the bed. On the bed, uh, the head. The headboard. Yeah. Yeah. So her bed has two mirrors. Mm -hmm. They're covered. And I remember one time I walked in and I was like, Porque tiene los espejos tapados. Because I thought that was so weird. I don't mm-hmm. know where they were covered. She was like, Tu tía Marta me dijo que los tapara. And I was like, why? She's like, because it's not good to have mirrors facing your bed. And I was like, but we've always had them. Yeah. And then she's like, do you ever have nightmares or you can't sleep right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I mean, yeah. She's like, that's why. Because it's a portal. And I'm like, what? I, I, I mean, I've heard of it, but I didn't mm-hmm. think they really believed it mm. until I guess my mom, like my tia Marta told mom. And then she was like, Oh, no wonder I can't sleep. I've been struggling to sleep. So she covered them up and they're, they've been covered for years now. That's funny. Cause they were never covered before. No, never. And then at one point the mirror in like when I lived in the apartments, mm-hmm. the mirror was facing the bed for a really long time. And I was always tired, always drained. And then we started covering them up with like a bed sheet Mm -hmm. every night for that same reason. Because I was like, oh, my God, maybe that is why I Mm -hmm. can't sleep. I don't know if it's just like a placebo effect or something, but I feel so much better now. Yeah. What do you remember the bedroom that me and Lily shared? Oh, dude, you guys had a long ass mirror. Yeah. Like our closet. We had mirrors for our closet doors and both of our beds face that mirror. You're right. Did you guys ever have nightmares aside from that one? Aside from that, um, the shadow man or whatever, whatever it was. But no, like, I don't remember feeling really tired. No, not really. I don't know. Apetropaic magic is used to ward off any evil like the evil eye. In China, they use brass mirrors above their altar with their saints. If evil spirit tried to enter their place of worship, they would see the reflection and run away. Nowadays, many people use mirrors across their front door to reflect negative energy away and protect their homes. And back to doing this, I started observing the house and I'm like, wait, why do we have a mirror literally across the door? And I'm like, did my mom also do this because of mirror magic? (laughs) It was so funny. And I meant to ask her, but she was asleep. But I was sitting down and I was like, we have a mirror. Literally, as soon as you open the door, that is what you see, the reflection of the mirror. And that mirror wasn't there before. We had it in another spot. Mm. So I'm wondering if she's getting maybe into... she read on it or something. Maybe. Maybe she read on it and she was like, oh, let me put it right here. So if any evil comes in, That's they see funny. the reflection. Yeah. Like if you ever go to mm-hmm. my mom's house, you'll notice that when you walk in, the first thing you see is that mirror and it's right across <laughs> the hallway, like on the yeah. opposite wall. That is so funny. Yeah. I should have woke her up and asked her. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so they do that to pretty much protect their home. So if a spirit wants to come in through the door, Mm -hmm. they see the reflection and run back out. When a ghost is bothering you or haunting you, you can trap a ghost in the mirror by looking into the mirror and focusing until the reflection of the ghost appears. Once it appears, you should immediately break the mirror. This will trap the ghost inside a different dimension no longer haunting you. 
But right after this, you must follow the previous steps that I told you earlier to avoid the seven years of bad luck. But then it's like kind of confusing because there's other cultures that believe that you must not break the mirror because if you do break the mirror, then you're releasing the spirit. So oh. I think it's just based on your belief, what mm -hmm. you believe in. If you believe that trapping it in there and then putting the mirror up somewhere where it's never going to break, mm -hmm. then you do that. But if you believe that trapping it in there and breaking it gets them stuck in that dimension forever, mm -hmm. then you do that. So I think at this point, it just depends mm -hmm. what you believe in pretty much. And if you're gifted a used mirror, or even when you go through a thrift store and you buy a mirror, but you want to make sure that it's not haunted, this is what you do. You're going to perform a ritual to find out whether it is haunted or not. The ritual involves placing two lit white candles in front of the mirror at midnight. You'll have to gaze at the mirror between the two candles. You have the mirror mm -hmm. in front of you and you have the two candles right in front of the mirror. You're going to gaze through the mm -hmm. little flames. If it's a haunted mirror, the reflection of a ghost will appear. Any ghost in the room will actually reflect through the mirror when you perform this candlelight ritual. So if your house is haunted, everything will show up. <gasps> yeah. Some believe that mirrors can actually help you calm down, though. When you gaze into a mirror, it'll make you less socially awkward. When you look in your reflection, the spirit world is supposed to take all of your troubles to their side. Just don't stare too long because they can take your soul. So remember that. And yeah, so not everything is negative. I did want to put a little bit of positive in there just to make <laughs> sure that I creeped out. <laughs> it's like, I'm creeped like, out. I'm never looking in a mirror again. <laughs> Oh, another thing I saw is that if you scare yourself with your reflection, it's mm -hmm. actually good luck. You know, when you're walking by and then there's a mirror and you're like, oh, shit, I yeah. just scared myself. I just saw myself pass through the mirror. Uh -huh. You know, that happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's considered good luck. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. And I do want to read a story that I read on Reddit. because I was trying mm -hmm. to find stories of people scrying. This is from Reddit user 36094247. I'm going to read it, but I do want to say that they removed a lot of their replies to the thread. I don't know why, but they kept their story up. The title says, please do not stare into the eyes of your reflection in the mirror. You know that experiment where you stare into the mirror at your own eyes and hold the gaze until you start seeing your face go all weird? If you haven't, please do not try it out. I am begging you and warning you. I repeat. Do not try it. I hope by the end of reading this, I have convinced you as to why you should not try this. I love doing weird experiments that gave me a warped version of reality. Something to break the monotony of life. As a 22-year-old that just got stuck into a 9-to-5 job, I desperately tried to change things up. I didn't want to do drugs, so I tried experiments like the above. When I first read about this mirror experiment, I thought it was absolutely amazing. It was so cool to see things change right before your eyes. I remember one particular time when my face got so warped, it no longer looked like me. Heck, it didn't even look human. I was absolutely thrilled. So I tried doing this experiment under different lights, like a bright light, red light, dim light, and lastly, the candlelight, just to see the effects of each light. You don't realize how just one single action could completely turn your life around. Like not being able to answer questions on titration and chemistry made me get a C for that course. And as a result, I could not get into medical science, which changed my degree completely. And as a result, my job, my life could have been totally different 
had I gotten into medical school. Anyways, the point is, it's always the smallest of things that can have a major impact. And for me, it was three simple lit candles. So one day I decided to try out the experiment in candlelight. Oddly, this time I felt scared. Don't ignore your gut feeling. It is honestly like a second brain. In fact, I think studies have proved it. Google it or something. So I felt quite odd, but decided to go ahead anyways. I lit up three candles, enough to illuminate just my face. I started the experiment as usual and stared into my eyes. 20 seconds had passed and instead of my face changing as usual, it remained the same. I decided to continue for longer despite the itching sensation of anise. Then my face started changing, slowly and clearly. My eyes came too close to each other. They had become red. I didn't realize I had been smiling. Oh, this reminded me of what I saw. I didn't realize I had been smiling, but I could see myself smiling widely. Dude, like that, I swear. Oh my God. It was one of those smiles where you can see through the gums on your teeth. They looked so red. I got freaked out and closed my eyes. When I opened, just for a split second, I saw that warped image of myself again. I thought it must have been one of those images that are sort of retained in your memory and play out afterwards. Like when you see negative images on your computer screen and then when you see a white wall, you see the image. Mm-hmm. No? I brushed it off and did not see myself in the mirror the whole day. That night, I decided to brush my hair in front of the mirror and I swear for a second I saw my warped version standing behind me. <gasps> Dude. With that same smile. Ugh. I quickly turned around, almost screaming, but didn't see anything, thankfully. After that, I didn't see anything odd for a while. I did stop with the stupid experiment. Then after a while, at my friend's house, I saw it. I saw it while I was drying some silver pots and I saw my own face, sort of blurred out. But also, I saw that odd warped image of myself. I almost dropped my pot. From then on, My warped image made a daily appearance on my reflective surface. Windows at work, puddles on the street, bathroom mirror, laptop reflection. If it reflected an image, my warped image made an appearance. If you are wondering how I kept my sanity, well, to be honest, I don't know. I stopped looking at myself in the mirror and got rid of all reflective things in my house and tried to stay away from reflective things. I got my best friend to come stay with me, telling her I was just feeling lonely. My parents are in another country, so sadly, I could not flee into their protective arms. Never did I think something I was so familiar with, like my face, myself, would scare me. Every time I look at my hands or body, I look at it for just a second longer, just to make sure I know it's me. You know the phrase, I know it like it's the back of my hand? That's pretty stupid. Because until this time, I had not paid much attention to the back of my hand. And now, every time I do, I question if it's the same hand I saw the last time. Anyways, I digress. I needed to share this information with a person. Someone who is smart and could comfort me. Though not very religious, I always enjoyed going to temples as I am Hindu. I found it calming and safe. I had become quite close with the priest there over the years, and he would always tell me wonderful practical stories about life and other important lessons. So I decided I would tell him of my odd experience. I met him on a Tuesday night. Usually Tuesdays are the quietest, so I thought it would be a good idea. After the usual routine of praying, etc., I asked if I could share with him something. He was more than happy to listen. 
For someone who is always calm, I did not expect his reaction. The minute I told him about the reflection, his face looked extremely worried and he abruptly looked away from me. Once I finished telling him the story, he took the golden jug of holy water and literally emptied it on me right then and there. Usually priests give you a drop of water with a little golden spoon, not empty the entire content of water onto you. Before I can say anything, he went and handed me a lemon without looking at me again, along with some other herbs and told me to take them with me. He told me to stay away from reflections and told me to come back next week. When I tried to talk, he still, not looking at me, told me to leave and come back next week. You can imagine how scary that must have been. A priest freaking out. That fucked me up. So guys, here I am, writing this down in the hopes that someone else has had a similar experience and or could provide some help or some sort of comfort. And I could really use the help. Because my warped image that used to appear in reflections, I saw it yesterday at work. Not on a reflection, but standing near my colleague's desk. Like in person? Yeah. So, and then again, they removed all of their replies, but there's like a thread. I'm going to post it on Mm -hmm. the the show notes. But everyone's just giving them advice of what they can do, Mm -hmm. how to get rid of it. And they removed all of their replies, so I don't know what they replied yeah um but yeah that's it that's that's my <gasps> mirror reflection magic Dude, i don't even know what kind of episode this is a re- reflection episode I don't yeah know. oh that's so creepy i know oh. it's, it is Wait, i thought like you said news. you were gonna end on a positive <laughs> well i mean that was a positive oh, that i said earlier i'm just kidding <laughs> oh it's just so scary can you imagine like for something like that to follow you everywhere I know. That's why they say it's very dangerous to play with things that you don't know. And if you do do something like that, cover that shit up. Like if I was able to fuck around with something like that, I would probably cover it up. But the fact that you're doing like an experiment like that, you know what I mean? Like in front of mirrors with a candle. Yeah. That already sounds. And if you're not, if you've never done this before, like at least learn about it. Mm -hmm. Do it with someone that knows how to do it. Learn protection because I'm sure she didn't do or they didn't do any protection. Yeah. And I don't think they like really even expected it either. You know, there was just more of like how it's going to warp your face. Yeah. Like, I want to try it. Yeah. I don't think they ever expected it to like stay like that. Yeah. Ugh. I'll be scared again. Uh, You're like, I'm not going to wash my face and close my eyes. I'm like, you know what? But imagine like us when we're getting ready. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, we're not like staring at ourselves. We're doing something. We're not Mm -hmm. just like focusing on it no yeah yeah that was a that was pretty interesting that's it i know think wow i learned so much today (laughs) (laughs) that's really interesting i i mean i knew about the um mirror breaking causing bad luck i knew about the the salt to the left shoulder um but yeah i didn't know what you were supposed to do with the broken i just figured like once you have bad luck you have bad luck but i mean not that i even believe in it i don't yeah like there's rituals to not have bad luck just in case oh also if you don't break a mirror it's good luck so it's actually good luck but don't go out there and start dropping mirrors to see if they don't break (laughs) it's like if you drop one by accident and it doesn't break then you have good luck oh okay okay Mm -hmm. so see i did end it with something positive yeah okay (laughs) i feel better you know what i feel like i've dropped a mirror before yeah i know because i was thinking i was like have i dropped a mirror and it's broken i'm sure it has and Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe that's why i've had bad luck for i don't know how long no (laughs) but you know i mean whatever i don't know (laughs) i don't know if i do believe in the seven years of bad luck but 
I do believe there is something with it. It may not be seven years, mm-hmm. but I do feel that something may happen. Mm-hmm. But I am superstitious, so I think I would. Donde está la sal and throw yeah. it or do the the midnight yeah. ritual more than anything. Because that would be the easiest for me. If I don't have salt, at mm-hmm. least I can collect all pieces and bury it at night because I will not go to a cemetery and touch a tombstone for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, and back to um, back to my story. I am going to put pictures of because um, they actually drew like the picture of the UFO of like what they saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can make sure we post, post that in the Instagram post. Yeah, we'll go ahead um, and post all of that, all the notes. Like just the drawings that they did of like the alien, the UFO. Um, so we'll put all of this in the note. Yeah. But that's a wrap then. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is a good one. Yeah. So excited. Very informative. <laughs> okay. Don't forget to follow us on TikTok at something ominous. Instagram is something ominous podcast and YouTube is something ominous. If you have any more stories, please send them to us at something ominous pod at gmail.com. All right. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye.